Amen. Well, good morning, church. How y'all doing today? Come on. Let's give God a great big hand. I am so, so excited that I get to uh, share with you from God's Word today. And uh, Pastor Nick, you probably walked by him and you didn't realize it. Pastor Nick, our campus pastor here, is back in the corner. Wave to everybody. Come on. Pastor Nick is here. And he, I'm so excited that he's with us today. And uh, I'm going to do my best to make you proud today. How about that? And uh, I get to share with you God's Word. I'm excited about God's Word today because I believe it's going to help you. How many of y'all believe that God's Word, the Bible, can help you? I believe that. I believe God can, God's going to help you. I believe God's going to set a lot of us in this room today. He's going to set us free. And whatever has to do with freedom, I want all I can get. Come on. And uh, so we've been, um, we've been looking at some things, uh, launching our 2023 here at Bridge City Church. And we've been looking at first things first. That means we've been looking at some values that what if we said this year in 2023, we were going to be the first, and this was going to be the values that we live by. So we started off this year with repentance. Nobody is going to out-repent me. How many of you are all having a challenge with that one? Come on. <laughs> and then how about, I'm going to pray first. No matter what's going on, I'm going to pray first. I'm going to pray and ask God. I've been trying to live that each and every day. I've been putting that into practice. I've been making it a point. And today, we get to cover forgiveness. What if we went into 2023, what would your home look like? What would your small group that you're going to join in a couple weeks look like? What would your friendships with your friends and, and workplace look like if you decided this year, I am going to be the first to forgive others? I'm going to make that choice. Do you think for just a second that it might help you live a better life if you were the first to forgive? Come on. Do you believe that? I believe it will. Not based on what other people do, but based on what you're going to do with Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're going to uncover. And by the end of our time together today, we're going to help you. We're going to equip you. I'm going to do everything I can to help you be the best forgiver on the planet. Come on. How about that? Is that, is that a good thing? Come on. That's what I want to help you. So here's the big idea. Here's the big idea right here. Practicing forgiveness sets us free spiritually, mentally, and physically. It doesn't only affect us spiritually. It affects our entire life. And I'm going to share this with you today. And I'm going to, I'm going to help you because I believe that, that we are, I, I, listen, I believe that 2023 can be your most powerful year of spiritual transformation you ever experienced in your life. See, I, no, I'm, I'm serious. I believe it can with repentance, with praying, with forgiveness, and then next week with humility. I believe you can be spiritually transformed, not just try harder. That's what I, that's what I want to tap into today. So we're going to look at a lot of verses in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, one of the gospels. Gospel means good news. How many of y'all could use some good news? Okay, you came to the right place because this is all about good news. And so here we go. We're going to be jumping in. Before I do that, I'm going to give you a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Love this one. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a constant attitude. 
See, I don't just want to visit forgiveness every so often. I want to live there. I want you to live with this constant attitude of forgiveness. So in Matthew 18, the apostle Peter, one of the followers of Jesus, he came up to Jesus and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Now, in the Jewish culture and history, if you forgave somebody three times, you were considered a complete man. You were really doing well, man. Man, if somebody sinned against you and you forgave them three times, you were doing all right. You were doing a-okay. So the apostle Peter is trying to impress Jesus. Have you ever tried to impress Jesus? Have you ever learned it don't work? Here's a good example. So the the apostle Peter says, says, listen, how many times? Seven times? Like, I'm going to double it and add one? Look at me. That's what he's basically saying. Look how good I am, Jesus. He's going to be so impressed with me. And Jesus says to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times in this translation. Some translations say 70 times seven. Listen, this is what I think Jesus is trying to say. If you're keeping track, you're the one with the problem. I mean, if you're tallying, one, two, three. Oh, we're getting there. Come on. Five. Seth, if you're the one keeping track just to get to the point where you don't have to forgive anymore, come on, you're the one with the issue. But how many of y'all know we keep track? I do. Do you know what I've learned about me? I don't like it. I've learned that, you know, my personality is very, like, outgoing. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's okay. And occasionally, in marriage, there needs to be forgiveness. I mean, really, like, 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 there's that verse in Corinthians we always read at weddings. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Don't you love it to couples in there like, love keeps no record of wrongs. You know? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I agree. And then about two weeks later, Yep, one. <laughs> Am I right? Do you know what I learned like, with, 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 with Natalie, and she's in the front row, so I'm going to tell the truth, <laughs> is I tend to store things up. And I tend to say they don't matter, but I am really good at remembering. I'm not proud of it, but I am. And the problem is, is every so often we get to a certain point and I've tallied enough, and i stored up enough in my mind, and then I'm going to begin telling her of all the things over the last three months that she's done wrong. I've done it. And there's been times she looks at me and she goes, really? That was like months ago. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but I've never given her a chance to say, forgive me, because I've been the one storing it. And what I've learned is many times I'm trying to forgive out of my personality rather than my spirituality. And many times we're trying to feel it and we're trying to extend the forgiveness to one another out of our personality or trying to be nicer than Jesus rather than dealing with it in a God-honoring biblical manner. That is what I'm trying to communicate here. So I really do want to live with love that keeps no records of wrong, but I need a way to deal with it. 
Because I am really, really good at recording it. I may not do a really good recording with my phone, but I don't need one because my mind's good enough. That's what I'm trying to communicate to you today. So in Matthew 18, verse 23, Jesus' red letters say, therefore. Now, the way I was taught to understand the Bible, that anytime there's a therefore, find out what it's there for. That's how I was taught, over and over. Every time you see a therefore, find out what it's there for. So I'm going to help you find out what it's there for. So therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had. Let me just point out, the king is Jesus, we are his servants. And and when we have unforgiveness and when we have debts owed to God called sin, because the wages of sin are death, it affects our spouse, our children, and everybody around us. We fool ourselves into thinking it doesn't affect anybody, but in reality it does. It affects everybody around us. It affects all of us here. And so this word talent is a laborer's wages times 20 years times thousands of years. So basically, if if you were there listening, you would have known in this culture what a talent is worth. And what the disciples did is they pulled out their phones and they went to calculator and they started adding up and going. They knew that this number in today's number It's billions of dollars. I mean, it's billions and billions of dollars. That is the debt that you and I owed God for our sin and separation in our lives. No, we got to catch this. That's how much I owed him. That's how much my sin cost here. And so the servant, in verse 26, fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and give me a better life. Uh, Make my life happier. Uh, Make my life easier. Uh, Wrong answer. The servant got down on his knees and said, have patience with me. I will pay you everything because that's our natural response to God. We think we can pay for our own sin. Christianity is the only world religion that you cannot pay to be good enough for God. It is a free gift offered through Jesus Christ. My friends, this is what separates us from other world religions. You can't be good enough. That's the point. You can't do it on your best day, but we naturally want to. And so so Jesus here, in the last part in verse 27, out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave the debt. (laughs) Do you know why we were singing this morning? We weren't singing like like the worship band wasn't doing some songs to warm up for me to come up. That wasn't the warm up. We were reminding ourselves of how much we've been forgiven and how great God is and how much I could never earn it on my own. 
And that's why I'm going to raise a hallelujah. Come on, somebody. That's why I'm going to sing in the midst of a storm. Why? Because it is well with my soul. No, see, we need reminded. And, and I feel bad. Listen, we need reminded, and we need to act like, I don't know about you, but when, but, but, listen, when I pay off, pay off a car note, I'm excited. Aren't you? I'm counting down. We're going to pay off this house note. We're going to celebrate. Are you with me? That's a debt owed, and I'm going to celebrate. And so what we're doing is we're singing, saying, hey, soul, it is well. Do you know what we need to get better at? When somebody says, how you doing? I don't know. Hasn't snowed yet this winter, but it's going to. <laughs> I just know it's going to snow. Any minute now, it's going to snow. No, what we need is, listen, I just have a habit. I've learned to say when people say, how you doing? I say, excellent. I say, excellent. I learned this from, well, as a matter of fact, the oldest member of our church right now is in his 90s. He taught me this. And so I say, excellent, all the time. People go, Oh, say, so, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm doing excellent. But you know what, I'm going to help you right now. Do you know how you can answer? You can say, better than I deserve. So we're going to practice that. I'm going to say, how you doing? And you're going to say, better than I deserve. Okay, how you doing? Better than I deserve. How you really doing? Better than I deserve. Doesn't that feel good? Yeah. See, people, you're going to say that to somebody this week, and they're going to go, well, what do you mean by that? They're going to say it to you. What do you mean by that? How, how'd you get there? Oh, you don't understand. I owed a billion dollars to Jesus, and he forgave me. <laughs> I, owed, I owed for my sin, and, and I got a free life now. He let me out of prison. He held a debt. I had a debt, and he freed me. I'm a free man. No, I'm serious. I'm a free man. This is the good news. This is the exciting point. Are you with me now? This whole forgiveness thing is so much fun. But in Luke 17, when Jesus said forgiveness, his followers were with him going, how much do we have to forgive? Oh, Lord, increase my faith. <laughs> Come on, we need an increase of faith to live a free life. I'm, I'm about to help you. Now, if the story would stop here, we would consider it a good story. It's a great story. Man, we're free. We're with Jesus. Isn't this good? Come on, somebody. You know, we don't put stipulations on forgiveness. It is so, so, so good. Come on. But Jesus in the next verse in 28 says, uh, hey, guys, but when? <laughs> uh, but, but when? See, Jesus doesn't put stipulations on our forgiveness. My wife, uh, Natalie, in the front row here, she, um, she told a story for years. It actually was in my notes here that, that we were from a couple years ago when we, when we taught this together. When early on in our marriage, every so often, I would do something to offend her. Maybe once a year. <laughs> but I would do something stupid. And I would offend her. And she used to be really good at putting me in the penalty box. She would put me in the penalty box and make me pay. And she'd say, you're going to stay in there until I say you can come out. Now, she doesn't do this anymore. That's because our house is penalty box free. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Some of you guys, you're going to send me a note this week. 
Two reasons why Natalie did this. Number one, she's full-blooded Italian. <laughs> and number two, she's a woman. <laughs> How you guys doing over here? You're feeling me, right? Don't look to the left or right. Just look at me right now. <laughs> now, let me just be really, really honest with you. In our, our experience, women tend to put men in the penalty box a lot more than men do it to women. I'm not saying we can't. I, I shared with you my struggles. I'm open with that. But women tend to like to make sure that he pays. And I'm here today to try to get you a penalty box free house, and I'm being honest with that. And I'm trying to keep you, whatever guy, whatever men you're here, if you do that, you got to stop it in Jesus' name. And you got to get out of that mentality of keeping track and putting stipulations on it. Are you with me? Some of y'all just got to go home and say, I've been doing this, and our house is going to get free in Jesus' name. Verse 28, but when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused. Listen, if you're in the Bible, you got to highlight that. You got to underline that. He refused is a key word here. First of all, this man was forgiven billions. And then the actual amount here is somebody offended him and owed him $20,000. You owed billion to Jesus. He forgave you. Somebody owes you $20,000. And you know what the first thing we want to do? We want to choke him. It's here. The Bible is so relevant. No, I'm serious. It is. He wants to choke him. And that's what happens. That's what unforgiveness is. You want to choke the life out of people because that's what unforgiveness does. It chokes life. It chokes the spiritual life and emotional life and the physical life out of people. But he refused. Why do I say that? Forgiveness is a choice. Verse 31, when his fellow servants saw that he had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that they had done. Where did they go? They went to the master. They didn't go to Facebook. They didn't go to other people in church and say, guess what I saw so-and-so do? They went to the master. Let me tell you what secondhand offenses are. Secondhand offenses are recycled revenge and retaliation. We live in a culture right now that thrives on secondhand offenses. As a matter of fact, we live in a culture that wants to get offended and mad at whole races, ethnic backgrounds. May I suggest to you, it's impossible to get free from that because how is everybody from that ethnicity or that race ever going to come and be able to make it up to you? No, I'm trying to help you. This is a problem. I'm not saying that injustices aren't, aren't done. Forgiven, unforgiveness and offenses are saying that injustice happened. But when you pick up a secondhand one, there's no grace to deal with it. You can't get free. So when I watch somebody offend somebody and I'm going to get mad at them for what they did to somebody else, 
There's no way that it will ever be dealt with. You can't deal with it. That's the problem of our culture right now. We're thriving on unforgiveness. We are thriving in justifying and making a list why we have it and why we have a right to it. And what we're saying is, because of what Jesus Christ has done for me, I'm giving up my rights to hold anything against somebody else. So where do we go? We go to the master. Verse 33, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers, jail fortified, remember that, until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive from your heart. Now, I don't believe this is saying Jesus is going to send you to hell. I don't believe that in this text. That's not what it's saying. It means you're going to be tortured physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Unforgiveness is tied to stress, fear, worry, anxiety, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. It increases pain in your life. It increases everything. It's torture. What I'm trying to get you is free from torture today. Are you with me? That's what I'm trying to get you, to get free from the torture. I'm tired of being tortured. I don't need it anymore. Is this helping you today? So let's go to some definitions here. This is a definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness. A choice. Everybody say choice. choice. To release someone from an offense or debt, refusing to enact the penalty. So it's not saying there's, there isn't one. You're saying there is one. Well, uh, what, if, what, if they never, what if they never say, sorry, you can still forgive because forgiveness is a choice. Unforgiveness, refusing to let go or excuse a debt owed by another. I'm going to hold on. Somebody walked up uh, to me. They were taking notes in, the, in their, I don't know if it's an iPad or phone. They were taking notes. And they said that where they were taking notes in Evernote had no spell check for unforgiveness. It's interesting. If you don't put, if you don't put a check on your unforgiveness, it will go unchecked. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with... Unforgiveness puts you in prison. It's a prison. And we got to release one another from prison. Because it's torturing us. It's holding us captive here. That's what it's doing. So when we are offended, we have to make a choice. Offense makes a choice. Either we got to forgive and it brings freedom for you, them, and others. Or when you're offended, you can choose to walk in unforgiveness, bitterness, and eventually isolate or implode or explode. That's what's going to happen. I watch it happen all the time. All the time I watch this happen. People implode, explode, because they just allow bitterness to run rampant in their life. Ain't nobody got time for that. Come on, somebody. No, I'm telling you. We're, we're, we're just giving way for the enemy. We're giving way for the devil here. Now, let me just share with you something. It's not on the slide. Just leave that one there. I want to try to help you. Because what's the difference between unforgiveness, healing, and trust? Unforgiveness, because of what Jesus Christ has done for me, I extend it to others. 
Healing is different. If I were, Matt's in the front row here. If I were to walk up to Matt and I would intentionally look at him and stab him in the arm. Or if I were walking by and I, I tripped and I accidentally stabbed him in the arm. How many of y'all know he's bleeding both ways? It's, it hurts. So, oh my, I'm so sorry I tripped. Please forgive me. Or I did it on purpose. I shouldn't have done it. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. He can forgive me. But how many of y'all know he's bleeding and he needs patched up? Time does not heal all wounds. The blood of Jesus Christ does. Now, you got to track me here. Time won't heal the wound. Usually time helps it get infected. Untreated. Untreated wounds will get infected. So, so there's a healing that has to take place. That's the process of God. And then there's trust. Matt is going to need to learn how to trust me again. Now, I want to let you know, I am not talking about years of abuse or years of a serious situation that happened. I'm not speaking to those today. If that's you, you may need counseling. You may need help processing that. You may need to go to celebrate recovery for an extended period of time and get healed. Monday nights at North Braddock, you need to go. I mean that with all my heart. You need to start by going to Victory and Freedom on February 18th. You need to get there. You need to walk through. One of the biggest things, Victory and Freedom, that day from 8 a.m. until 9 p.m., it's a full day. I went to several of them because I had so many hurts that I was storing in my life. I'm just telling you, it helped me get free. It helped me so much. It didn't help me want to try harder. It helped me get free. That's what I want is freedom. So, so I, I'm not speaking to what if somebody keeps hurting you deeply and what happens if somebody keeps stabbing you. I'm just talking about the day-to-day stuff that we deal with. Is that okay? Is that a good tension? I'm just talking about the stuff you're going to go through this week. You good? That's what I'm trying to deal with. I'm trying to get us free from that. And we may need help with the other stuff. Now, what do we do when we're offended? We have to make a choice. First thing we do when we're offended, here it is, here it is. We have to recall our own forgiveness. We have to recall our own forgiveness. Jesus Christ has forgiven me. Billions of dollars. It is well with my soul because of what Jesus Christ has done. Come on, that, that should excite you. This is where it starts. If you don't get that one, you can't go on. And then you pray first for that person. You know what I've learned in my life? I can't pray for somebody and be mad at them at the same time. I'm serious, I can't. I just speak life and blessings and believe God for them. Changes my attitude. There was a, there was, um, there was a family years ago at the church that really, really hurt me bad. I mean, I'm telling you, it, it was, I was wounded. And they lived somewhere where I drove by their home on a regular basis. And every time I drove by their home, it just sent the heaven right out of me. It just, I got mad, I got bitter. I began to rehash it. You know what I began to realize? They're not the problem. I got the problem. So I started praying for them. Every day when I went by their house, I'd pray for them. 
I would just believe God for them, pray for them, speak life on them, pray for their kids, pray for their finances. And I mean, it took a while. The first couple of times, it was by faith. There was no feelings involved. I'm going to be honest with you. But I wasn't going to stay in my feelings. I wanted to go to faith and live in faith. And wouldn't you know, about three weeks later, something began to change in my heart. I didn't keep thinking about what they did wrong, how they did it wrong. They're getting ahead, and why is God getting them ahead? And I bet you their kids won't be blessed. See, that's, those are signs unforgiveness, isn't there? Because you're replaying in your mind the wrong, the wrong video. You're this, you're that. You're, I'm going to hold this debt over you. You'll never do this. And I got free. Why? Because I had to recall my own forgiveness, pray first, and then I... Now, now in the chances that you can go to the person, you go to that person and you be the first to... I'm going to be the first to forgive. That's what I want to do. That's where I want to live here. That's where I want to be here. Listen, if you want unforgiveness to be in your life, you, you can do it. You can rationalize every reason why you should live in unforgiveness. You know what rationalize really is? You ration your lies. I'm going to give one little one. See, they're not really sorry. Ration. Ooh, they don't even look like they're sorry. Come on, am I the only one who ever said that? Oh, you know, they deserve what's coming to them. We begin to ration the lies in our lives. And whenever you find yourself rationing your lies, you're rationalizing, and God is not free to work in your life. Are you with me this morning? Is that helping you? Don't rationalize stuff. We're rationing a little bits at a time. He'll never, she won't, she'll do this, she'll do that, he'll always. No, 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 those are lies from the devil. You gotta stop it. You gotta tell your mind where to go with the word of God. Hebrews 12, look after each other so that none of you falls to a root of bitterness. Do you know what we need? We need people to look after us so we don't go bitter. In two weeks from now, you're going to have the opportunity to join a small group where you're going to be able to get together with a group of friends and read the Bible and pray for one another and help one another. But one of the things we're going to do is help one another stay free from bitterness. Doesn't that sound like a good thing? Let's get free from it. Let's get free from bitterness. Let's get free from all that stuff. Let's watch out for one another. Let's see, I got your back. Ain't no bitterness going to get us. Are you going to, I'm going to be the first to forgive. I'm going to be the first. Natalie's not going to outforgive me. But what we really want is we don't want somebody to watch out for us. We want people to justify us. Natalie and I, we have this conversation all the time. Who's going to be Jesus first? Who's going to forgive first? Who's going to die to themselves? I'm really good. Last, I died last time. You died this time. <laughs> we, we, even have, we literally have these conversations out loud. She said, no, I think I died last time. No, I died more. <laughs> I died a couple times. How do you do that? <laughs> right? Well, we do that, right? But I'm going to give up all that. We're going to look after each other and we're going to look after the church so that we do not fall prey to this. Are you with me? Okay, Ephesians 4. Are you getting help today? Are you getting help today? 
Come on, do you feel freedom coming on your life? I want to tell you something. We were praying. You're so important that a group of people got up this morning, and they were in this building at 7.30 this morning. Some of you weren't even awake yet. And I want to let you know, I am free. But they were praying such beautiful prayers over you. Oh, you should have heard the prayer. They were praying. I mean, it was, I'm blown away. I'm, I'm crying during prayer this morning because people were praying for you and believing for you. But I want to stop right now because while I was praying, I had this impression that I want to share with you. Just an impression, I thought, I, I believe it's from God. I want to tell you right now, God is not mad at you. There are several people in the room right now, you feel as if God's mad at you and he's holding things against you and he's just waiting for you to mess up. That is not the God I serve. The God I serve sent Jesus Christ to cover it all. And you don't have to carry guilt in the weight of sin that God is not mad at you. He's not holding it over you. He's not up in heaven saying, are you listening? He's pulling for you because he's a dad and he's cheering you on. Are you with me? I know you've got to catch this. I'm, I feel really, this is really burdening my heart ever since we prayed this morning. And I'm telling you, it was like, wow. I, I just started weeping with this because God's not mad. He loves you. He cares about you. He doesn't want you to walk in bitterness. He wants you out of prison. Are you with me now? He wants you in a group. That's where he wants you. He wants you out of distress. And in our homes, what would it look like if we said with this verse right here, these verses, Ephesians 4, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve means bring sorrow, distress. I mean, it is intense pain. We bring intense pain to the Holy Spirit by doing the following. By this, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and, and slander and malice. Now, some of you are saying, I ain't got none of that. I know some people here do. Ah, you stopped reading too soon. How about this? Be kind to one another. Eh, define kind. <laughs> Be tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as Christ Jesus forgave you. So let me try to illustrate it this way. Um, <laughs> a lot of years ago, uh, our daughter, 15 years old, uh, she got thyroid cancer. And many people said... Uh, Oh, that, that's a good cancer to have. I never quite understood that. I didn't know there was a good kind and bad kind. No, really, they, they would always try to encourage us. Oh, that's a good kind. Cancer's cancer. And so they, we took her down, and they took out her thyroid, and 70 plus, maybe over 100, I can't remember. It was, it was a lot of lymph nodes that were all infected in her in her in her whole neck it swelled up took them all off she went through all the treatment and she was having a rough time it didn't it didn't go kind of well and then one one of her checkups uh we were with a doctor and they said one of her scans they said we have a small little problem it's the size uh, of of an eraser on a pencil out of all the problems she had She's got this little wee thing. And she said, we got to go get it and get that out of there. So we got in the car one early morning, drove her to Montefiore again several times. 
And they went in and they got that little eraser out of it. Because they said if that little wee eraser tip stays in there, it's going to cause problems to the whole body. Well, I deal with the big stuff, Pastor. And then we allow little eraser tips in our lives. And it affects our homes, it affects our relationships, and it even affects our church. Because if it keeps going, it's going to be a bitterness that affects everybody. It's going to go through the whole body. That's the importance of what I'm talking about here. Let's not grieve the Holy Spirit. Let's deal with even the small stuff. Are you with me right now? How many of you all have ever played Monopoly? How many don't play because it's just too long to get through the whole game? <laughs> you got to play Speed Monopoly. You have to buy. Every, every time you land something, you'll buy. It, you know, it's like... Um, in there, there's a get-out-of-jail-free card. And it says community chest on top of it. I want to help you today. I'm going to give you a new card. I give you this card releasing you from the prison of offense. If I've offended you, I am sorry. Please forgive me. If I've been offended by you, I forgive you. You ready to get free? No, I mean, are you, you ready to free others? What would our homes look like? What would our small groups look like? What would our church look like if we always carry these cards? And even if there was a little offense, we said, hey, man, you really offended me when you said that, but I forgive you. Hey, I messed up. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. No, I'm serious. Like, hand somebody a card. Like, really take the card and, like, keep it with you. I want this in the culture of our church because I believe God's called us to spiritual things, but we can't get to the spiritual stuff when we have all this stuff hanging around, grieving and bringing distress to the Holy Spirit. There's a couple statements that I have found and Natalie and I have found that people have so, so much difficulty saying. Please forgive me and I forgive you. Well, I don't need to say it. I just need to think it. The power of life and death are in the top. The power of life and death are in the top. And when you say it out loud, you begin to pray for one another. And you begin to be the best forgiver and the best repenter and the best prayer and say, we're going to have, we're going to have a penalty-free, penalty-box-free house. We're going to have, we're, hey, offenses will come. Jesus promised offenses will come. But that doesn't mean you have to live in unforgiveness. I can be the best forgiver because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Would you stand to your feet? Now, we're going to do a prophetic gesture. It's going to take a few minutes. It's going to take a few minutes right now. Unapologetically. In just a moment, we are all who have received forgiveness from God. Going to, we're all going to literally walk to the cross. We are all going to get two cards. They're going to hand you two cards. Now, I'm going to direct you in a minute. And you're going to make your way back and find, get back in your row. The worship team is going to lead us in a powerful song. Powerful song. About our Savior. 
forgiven us, then I'm going to direct you what we can do with these cards. Because I believe your 2023 is about to get free. I believe that with all my heart. This isn't a good teaching. This is going to change your life. So if you've received forgiveness, that billions of forgiveness, that's why we're going to the cross. That's Jesus. So what we're going to do, just pay attention. This section, you're the only ones. You're going to come out in this row and make your way. This way. You go out, file back in your seats. Just file back in. This row here, you're going to go out here. You're going to go out to your left, over here. Then you are going to, you're going to elbow, I mean, you're going to, you're going to get in line with that. And together, you're all going to walk this way. You're going to get your cards. You're going to go out and around. Go back to your seats. Stay standing. I want you to hold your cards while we worship and honor God, thanking Him for His forgiveness. This is a serious moment with God right now. So because of His forgiveness, it set me free. We're going to go get it. So this section, if you can come out this way here, begin making your way this way. And once you get your cards, file back into your...